Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 188. On this week's episode, I have an incredible return guest. Uh, If you guys have been listening to the show for a long time, uh, basically back to the inception of this podcast, you may recognize this band. I have True North rejoining me. Um, We talk about that original conversation because that was back in July of 2020. So nearly three and a half years ago that I talked to this band who was honestly in a completely different headspace and soundscape at that time and you know have been grinding and developing and went through the pandemic and experimented with sounds and have went through this just incredible evolution Um, and it was just such a pleasure to catch back up with them and talk about some of these things uh, like you know that evolution Um, we also touched on some of the new music that they're doing, the strategies that they are seeing, um, and utilizing around social media and how the world has really changed through the pandemic for them. Um, and in a a very positive way in the sense that from a band business and marketing standpoint, They've really, you know, found a, a new method that is working. Um, and yeah, we talked about, you know, new music and uh, the possibility of of live shows again soon for them and, you know, tours and things like that. So it, it was just this really incredible catch up uh, that I'm stoked they, they said yes to. So um I had just an awesome time talking to him. So let's dive into it. I was talking with Joel and Tim of the band True North. And here's that conversation. <laughs> um, to kick things off, let's let's start with the opening question. Uh, return guests, but for those that aren't familiar with you guys, uh, just simple introduction. Who are you? We're True North. Um... There's only the two of us here. I'm I'm Joel. I play guitar and I do some production stuff. I'm Tim. I'm the singer and write a lot of the lyrics with the help of Joel and Sean, who's a guitar player and a backup vocalist in the band. And yeah, just yeah. two of us representing True North today. Also, I just want to jump in and say thank you so much for having us on today. Plus, thank you so much. Like thinking back to what you just said, like before we had anything really going for us, like thank you so much for just taking a chance on us and wanting to talk to us so early on. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, since the episodes officially started, we'll, we'll talk about that first. You know, we were looking back. I talked to you guys back in July of 2020. Uh, pandemic lockdowns were still going on. Like I listened to that episode on my drive home today. because I was like, what the fuck did we even talk about back then? You know, <laughs> and like you guys couldn't play shows because everything was locked down. You were releasing some singles uh, your Selena Gomez cover had come out not too long before that. Like it was a whole fucking different world back then. And, you know, to your point, Tim, like now to see where you guys are at today versus literally almost three and a half, four years ago at this point, Mm. it's, it's a different band. What's it been like, you know, exploring through the pandemic 
and developing this. I don't want to say new sound because it's just been an evolution of what you guys have been doing, but you know, it's not the same soundscape that you were in in 2020. Yeah. Do you mind if I start? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I feel as though the pandemic and it's it's crazy because it was such a world altering event. But for a lot of artists like me, it was the perfect opportunity to just dive deep. And I think it actually made the evolution happen faster because it wasn't just doing what we can when we can. It was like, oh, my gosh, there's a blank whiteboard in front of us and we can draw whatever we want. And I, that was just such a prolific time for us. And then as the shows started to open back up again, like we were we really were set up well because of how much we were like doing the music and, and things like that. Yeah, I think we actually wrote like our entire debut album during the during the pandemic, aside from a couple songs that had started before and then we finished during the pandemic. It was like 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 back then the two of us didn't live together, but we lived across the street from each other. So it was like literally every night I would just like walk over to Tim's house. We would like grab a couple of drinks and we would just like write songs. And then we just like ended up doing the whole album that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's crazy because, you know again seeing where you guys were to now not that you were in a bad space back then but like it just isn't where music is today and you guys have done such a good job about staying kind of at that forefront of like oh you know the the scene if you will is shifting like we're gonna make sure we're on the front edge of that we're not gonna wait until it moves to us we're gonna be the ones leading that move thank you i mean that that means a lot. And it's honest, like if I'm being honest, it's not something we like overthink too much, but we do, we do always try to like kind of not fit the mold, you know, and just kind of do our own thing while also like, we're not going to turn around and completely change our sound, obviously, but you know, right. we're all, we just like to experiment. Yeah. yeah. I think we get bored of the same thing. Like if I'm listening to like electronic music, like it's the kind of thing where you bet that the next session, it's going to kind of sound like an electronic song or something like that, you know, yeah. and then over the course of, especially the pandemic, which was really like the digital era, like our taste was all over the place. And I think it shows in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, the amount of stuff you guys have been able to put out over the last three and a half years is, is really cool because it it's little tastes of these snapshots of where you're at in your musical interest and just life in general talk a little bit about like the the writing process for you guys and putting these works out that are you know obviously there's the veil of of the lyrics right and metaphors and things but you're writing about like real life stuff that's happening to you relationships and all of that what's it like you know being vulnerable in your music and then being able to say like hey you know I'm a fucked up kid. Here's here's a song about it. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll I'll let Tim answer that one because I think as far as lyrics go, he's the the takes the bulk of that. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and it's funny that you mentioned it because I feel as though I kind of put a barrier in between my personal life and the lyrics in the sense that I could write a song about myself but it would be so precious to me that I think I would trip myself up at every corner. I would always say, oh, no, this doesn't do a good enough job representing X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, no, how can I, you know, belittle all of these life events into one little rhyme? And I think what I do is instead I kind of just write for other people. Like, or I write 
almost about other people. And then, so if I write a song about a breakup, you know, I've never gone through a breakup from someone else's eyes. So of course I'm going to be drawing from my inspirations, but I almost feel like I put on this uh, wall of like, this is not about me. This is about everyone. Like this needs to be something that like every single person could get to singing along to, and it would mean just as much. And it's funny. I can't even speak for myself in 2020, but at least that's how I feel now. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes to, you know, what I call the veil of lyrics, right? Like it's about me, but I'm going to put up this, this mask, if you will, of the, the persona that is actually singing these words. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I think if you, sorry to cut you off, I think no. sometimes like, even if you don't realize it, you are drawing a lot from your own experiences. Even if you're not writing about something that's necessarily a specific situation, you can't put yourself in someone's eyes. So like things are coming from your subconscious, you know, that are, whether you realize it or not, like relating to, to your own life in certain ways, or for me, at least. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's exactly that. Like you, you may be writing about someone else's event, relationship, whatever, but subconsciously it's through your perspective of what that, you know, like, what would I feel if I was in that situation? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think there is a lot of that. And I think it's, it's cool because the way that you guys do form the the lyrics anyway, it is so relatable to anyone and they can just kind of pick it up and be like, cool, I, I fucking get that. You know, I've been there. Um, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't make it so specific to your point, Tim, like it doesn't make it so uh, specific about a situation where people go, well, I've, you know, I've never had a golden retriever that died because they ate chocolate. Like, okay, that's way too specific. I don't, I don't relate, but everybody yeah, can yeah. be like, cool. I've, I've seen heartbreak. I've, you know, been through depression, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, speaking for myself, like I just want to write music that, that I love that connects with other people too. You know, I don't yeah. think it's one or the other. I'm not just writing music for myself and I'm not just like trying to write music that I think somebody else will like. It's like, I have to like it and other people have to like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, talk about developing the the soundscape, Joel. Like, again, you guys have morphed so much. You do some of the engineering and mixing. Talk about like, you know, taking Tim's words or, you know, uh, a hook from somebody and going, okay, this is where we need to go. Like, this is how it fits into our world, if you will. Um. It's a loaded yeah. question, I know. <laughs> I, I'm like, it's just like every every session is so different, you know, and I kind of just like, we've been doing this band for so long that I feel like it's just natural when I'm working with Tim, that if we're writing a song, like it's going to end up sounding like True North, partially because Tim's voice is going to be on every song, obviously. And partially because since I'm doing all the production, like I use, you know, and I produce for other people. So I'm constantly finding like new tools and stuff that I can use. And when I find a sound that I like, I'm always kind of like keeping it in my back pocket, you know, to, to use in a session later. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think just over time, like we've made so many songs, like, and there's like 90% of them like have not been released. We just make so many demos, you know, that it's just kind of developed naturally. Like I, I just gravitate towards certain types of sounds. Like I really just love, like if I had to put like keywords to it, like distortion and reverb, I just love like kind of like weird fucked up sounds. And um, we don't always do that in True North, but like 
I think that is something that we try that I try to incorporate is just like kind of vibey, like almost like soundtracky sounds mm -hmm. and just like bring them into like a rock pop world. And if I can also speak on it too, like just from being in the sessions with you, like I feel like a lot of it is like natural trial and error. Like you'll throw a million sounds into the session and then kind of scroll through them and be like, this one's cool. Or I made this one last week. How does this fit? Yeah. And like, it's like slowly building while in the background, like we're also building like the guitars, the vocals, the lyrics, and then, you know, Joel's in the mad scientist chair. <laughs> and like, Dude, like, the trial and error thing is real because like, I kind of realized that like I can never, it's very rare that I can like think of exactly what I want and then create it. A lot of the time it's like, I'm just trying things out and then I hear something that I like and then that inspires me to to like finish the idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not like I'm just like, I'm going to make this exact chord sound. Like I just start like kind of piling things and just like rearranging things and I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. And then I find that way I like, you surprise yourself, you know, like I would never have actually thought of this. So like this would never have happened if I didn't just like experiment and try, try everything, you know? Well, yeah. And I, I think, you know, that's something going back, you know, deep in your catalog, it's something you've done for a long time where you guys have never really um, been pigeonholed, right? Like you're not going to stick to one sound. Oh, we are this band you know, Nickelback is the easy example, right? I'm not going to make the same record over and over and over again and just be locked into that. I'm going to figure out like, well, where can we take this? You know, how can we expand this and add depth? And I think, you know, radio rock is cool for the people that like it. But in this alternative music scene, like adding depth, adding some weird synth or distortion really pulls a listener into like, investing in a song yeah same for us like as much as we always try to write a radio rock song like <laughs> we also get pulled into the weird synth and then we're like ah now it's unique oh yeah. well <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it is important to us that we like don't just sound like a lot of the other bands that are kind of doing the same thing and i think you have to think about that um and it is, it's definitely a balancing act you know like you can't get we don't get too crazy, but we do want to like find little things to to just like poke out through the through the mix a little bit, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about how the pandemic changed social media life for you guys, because pre-pandemic, you know, everybody had social media, but none of us really knew how to fucking market on it or anything like that. You guys are really especially now exploring the the TikTok, the Instagram reels, stuff like that. What's it been like trying to navigate those waters of how do I find a piece of my song that is going to work for a TikTok sound? Or, you know, what can we do to draw somebody in, in yeah. whatever the statistic is, eight seconds of a TikTok? Yeah, I, I feel like we were actually very stubborn Everyone except Joel was very stubborn about leaning into the whole social media takeover because it's it's just, you're right, it is different. And the pandemic, it was already heading into a digital era and the pandemic just took it and slam dunked it. And as someone who's never really put my face out there or, you know, like I'm a, I was always the musical person, but not the front and the right. 
if that makes sense, I know I'm not explaining it very well, but I think it took a long time for all of us, especially me, to really come around to realizing the power of social media. And now that we have, and now that we are leaning into it, I've seen firsthand that it's kind of everything you need to do at this point. And we've we've really like gone back and forth, like, oh, do we do tours? Do we do TikToks? Do we play shows? Do we not play shows? And it's caused a lot of frustration. And now I think we're slowly circling into the like, oh, we need to own the digital platform. And and again, Joel has been saying this and it's been hard for, you know, me, someone who, like I said, like I've never really been the type to put my face on the internet every day. So, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of like, as far as like getting something to do well on social media, it's kind of like you go back to the trial and error thing. It's just like, we we didn't get anything to do well for like a really long time. And we like, we just kept trying and like kept trying and trying. And then eventually I was like, you know, I'm going to post literally every day. Like <clears throat> we're going to meet up every week or two weeks, film as many videos as we can. And I'm going to post something every day and just like see what happens. And it's been, it's been definitely working out. And I'm really glad that we kind of have come around to that as a band. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. actually had a brief era of doing, comedic skits for TikTok just because we we didn't really know what to do and yeah. actually was semi-successful but I don't think people really cared about music they just wanted to see more comedic skits so that's the thing like once you find something that works that's just what people expect after that I don't know why we didn't think about that but <laughs> started, I don't know just because we're like I think we were kind of getting to the place where we wanted to start dropping the whole like super serious mysterious band vibe and just start like kind of showing our personalities more and none of us are like very serious people we're right. all just like, goofballs yeah and so like let's just like make some funny skits you know and uh one of them did like one of them went like crazy viral actually and um we thought it was so cool and then we eventually realized like it was doing nothing for our music <laughs> and we're like okay we get it we got to yeah. pivot. And also to speak on what you were asking about, like, how do you figure out what seven seconds to put in the video? Like, we started just blasting them with, you know, the most repeatable part of the song, like the chorus. And and I think to what Joel was saying, it's like, whatever you put is what people are going to get into and what they're going to expect. So we realized, like, all right, if we want people to be shouting our choruses, like, that's what we need to be giving them. Because if something does happen, like, let's say we record 100 videos and one goes viral, but it's like, not the thing that we want to go viral for that kind of shows the importance to me of every single thing needs to be like you can't upload something that you wouldn't want the world to see because right. you never know when the world is going to begin seeing it all of a sudden and that's not to say that we have any like crazy viral videos or anything yeah, like exactly. that like we're right. still very much like in the learning stages but you know right but it, it, to me viral is kind of a a subjective thing too though right like i think a lot of people when they hear viral, they go with the, oh, you know, it must have done millions and millions of views. And it's like, well, maybe, but virality could also be, you know, I have 400 followers and 6,000 people saw it. Like that's a huge variance. So that's viral. Yeah. 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 And, and I think my standard personally is still small. Like if 50 people comment on a video, I would be like, yo, this video is... <laughs> People just comment, like 50 people commented on a video. That's wild. Like, but, and so but honestly, that is one of the things though, because like views are one thing, but engagement and interaction is a totally different thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. And 
And I think we're definitely looking for those people who like, it would be nice to get a video with 10 million views or whatever, 15 million views. But yeah, I think those people who really like leave the message of like, wow, I'm now listening to this on repeat on Spotify. Like that means as much as a thousand views to me. One of those comments, like, yeah, even more, honestly, like, yeah, you just want people who, who really resonate with your music. And like one of those people is worth more than 10 people who are kind of so-so, you know? Yeah. 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 I totally agree. I've said that about like Instagram and stuff for a long time too. Like, cool. You got a million likes on a photo, but nobody commented like how, how engaged were they? They just blindly double clicked their thumb as they scrolled past your picture. Exactly. Exactly. If, if someone to your point, like, these 50 people took the time out of their day, 30 seconds, minute, whatever it was to type a comment that says, Hey, this is fucking dope. Cool. Yeah. You invested back in me. Like that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting too. Like this is slightly on a tangent, but it's interesting in this digital era seeing when, for instance, a lot of people comment on a video or, or, or we get a lot of reception for one thing or another it feels a little bit still disconnected because it's still over the internet on a phone and mm-hmm. we spend so much time on our phones. It doesn't like necessarily feel like spending time with real people. And so it's, it's still a weird, almost imposter syndrome. If a lot of people are commenting and making noise about our band, it's almost like, it's not that it doesn't feel real, but it's, you don't really like, I don't think I've understood, you know, if, if for instance, like, like, I think right now, like maybe around 15,000 people follow our band. And that's so many people. If I was playing a show for 15,000 people, that would be more than 10 times bigger than the biggest show I've ever played in my entire life. And so, yeah, there's there's still this weird disconnect of um, it doesn't ever feel real until you're like singing in front of someone. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a, a perfect example is like, you know, to put things in perspective for people where maybe they are trying to use that as a negative, right? Like, Oh, they only got 1500 people to to watch that video or to like it. And it's like, okay, but put 1500 fucking people in a, a room. Like that's a shitload of people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you could get all 1500 of those people in one place, you get yourselves a show. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal <laughs> in music <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you know, using TikTok as, as this kind of launching pad now with some of the, the new stuff that you guys have been releasing, what's the mentality when it comes to how much of a, how much of a tease do you want to give, right? Like you've got new music coming, you've got EP or, or album on the way, things like that. And it's like, well, we know we can chop up these songs into 30 second clips or whatever how many of them are you willing to chop up and give pieces to? You know what I mean? I think we're still kind of figuring that out um, and just kind of seeing like we're, so we're in like a release cycle right now, right? We're releasing singles and each one of them has been like a different amount of time between when we start posting it and when it gets released. And we're still kind of trying to figure out like how much it's worth it to post like way before the song comes out. Cause you know, I've seen that work for a lot of people and like, so the theory is you get a lot of pre pre saves, right? And that helps you in a lot of different ways. One of them being like you're more likely to get landed on playlists if they see that you have a lot of right. saves. And then the other side of me is like, 
man, it just feels like such a waste to be posting the song so many times before it actually comes out. So I don't, I feel like I don't really have a good answer or like good advice for anyone else who is maybe looking for it. Like we're still very much figuring that out. And I think it's going to continue to be that way for a little while. But typically we start teasing a song like two weeks out, two weeks, maybe one week. Yeah. And in terms of what we do tease, especially when the song is actually about to be out or out, I feel as though I wish that I could give them more of a tease and less of a here's the meat and potatoes. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of the era where people are already scrolling through meat and potatoes like they don't want a salad. This is a stupid yeah. analogy, but <laughs> like, you know, like the kind of thing where we could we could have a ominous trailer and you know really make it so that people want to hear the next thing but it's almost like people aren't really looking for that anymore they're just looking for free content and I almost feel like we're in a place where it's like we just need to give as much as we can give until finally maybe people are I think once we're at the place where people are anticipating whether or not we tease then maybe it makes more sense to do a a teaser proper something like that yeah you read my mind i was just gonna say like if we were maybe if we were in a different place like a little like a you know some huge band or whatever it'd be it would be more wise to like tease you know the song but i think at this point it's like we're we're just trying to get people to fucking care (laughs) and it's really it's hard to get a stranger to care about an ominous teaser you know and so post something like that like it's and not to say we shouldn't like it's for like the fans who are already invested in us and i don't want to like undervalue that of course but we're still in like a growing stage and so we're just kind of trying to figure out what's what's the smartest move for us right now yeah for sure and i you know you say it's it's hard to get a stranger to to care about the ominous trailer but honestly in this day and age it's hard to get a stranger to care about anything because yeah. of social media to tim's point like we're all on it so often anyway it's like it it does cause this this weird disconnect where like legitimately if i didn't have this podcast i wouldn't have social media because it it fucking drives me nuts that that's the way we all anticipate communicating with each other and it's like call me come over like let's (laughs) hang out like why are we just texting or you know whatever and it's bananas but i think too it's the world we're shifting into or you know maybe i've already shifted into um it's where this different level of discovery can come in, right? Like 10 years ago, before TikTok was blowing up, before Instagram Reels was a thing, you know, when even honestly, the four and a half year or three and a half years ago, when we talked, like building a fan base strictly through social media wasn't really the move. It was building it through the music. Right. Yeah. I think that's still like important of it. Like at the end of the day, it's still about the music. It's just about right. getting it into the ear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's probably closer to what I meant. Like right. when we talked three and a half years ago or pre pandemic playing a lot of local shows and shit like that, like that was the way to build your fan base. Now it's still about music, but now I have to deliver it digitally to build right. that fan base. And we could play a local show and, exhaust ourselves rehearse for it and maybe make a couple new fans but in that time we could also record like 20 tiktoks and maybe (laughs) give us like 100 people listening and i was also gonna say too when you were talking about uh like 
what to put on social media and what to tease and things like that. I was thinking like, like kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about if something happens to blow up, like what is it going to be? And I would hate to release something where it's like ominous and you're curious and that gets so popular. But as a result, it's like it gets popular with more people than would necessarily like the end product, like what we're teasing, like our actual like songs and things. Like I would hope that if we were to get in front of people's ears and eyes that they would be able to immediately know like this is something that I mess with. It's not just like, oh, I'm anticipating what's going to come next. Because then if a million people are anticipating and then like maybe only 10% of those people are going to like the product. But if a million people like the product to begin with, then we're good to go. If, if that makes any yeah. sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's about, you know, in, in the social media age, it's about finding the right people, right? Like you want it to land it's going to sound gross to people, you know, talking about it like a business, but if you were advertising and doing actual like Facebook ads or whatever, it's about niching it down to the right demographic instead of just, Hey, we want this to go to every single person that logs onto the platform. Like, well, that's not going to fucking be effective. Like let's find the right people. Right. Yeah. Let's find the people that already listen to the style of music who, you know, yeah, exactly. Like you said, just the people who are primed to already like what we have to offer. Right. Um, so for you guys, you know, post-pandemic, again, you've been releasing music, you've been building this social media presence. What's kind of the the mentality when it comes to the live shows now, as far as production or, you know, kind of what you want to deliver to people that are potentially going to come out and see you now? I think right now with our live show, we're very much focused on just the performance and the sound of it. You know, we're not Mm -hmm. really thinking yet about like any sort of stage production. We just want to like put on the best possible show we can with what resources we have. And, you know, that could all change, you know, uh, at some point. But right now it's just like, let's just play our songs as best as possible and also focus on our like, performance like our our stage presence and just like yeah. we just want people to have fun you know what i mean and it's yeah. like yeah. we kind of curate we try to curate our show that way like we have certain songs that we could play live that we really love but we sometimes hold back because we're like you know again since we're such a new band like we just want to like we just want to captivate people and we just want to mm-hmm. like you just get that chance up on that stage and you just have to fucking yeah. put on a great show and so i think right now we're really focused on just like just, you know, giving the crowd a, a great experience and just like making sure that if you see us and you like this kind of music, you're going to like walk away being like, who the fuck was that? You know? Yeah. Like Mike uh, as a performer and like a singer, the front man is like, like my goal is for the audience to just have such a fun time. Like when I think about myself going to concerts, I'm always talking about it and I'm like, man, that was such a great show. Like, but the front man was so quiet. Like, or like, man, like their yeah. music was so good, but they just stood there the whole time versus those shows where it's like, oh my gosh, like, did you see when he like climbed up the rafters? And not <laughs> not just like stunts and gimmicks, but even just like as far as like, like I want somebody to just like come in here and they've never heard of us, but just listening to us, they're having a great time. They're able to like clap along or sing along or sway. Like, you know, I just love, and my truly like my goal and passion, like one of the strongest ones in this band is to just like, bring people out to a show, forget their problems, just have such a great time. Like 
even if they've never heard of us, like that, that's my goal. Just have people have a great time at a show. My goal yeah. is to do a backflip well, off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. There have been a lot of artists that have done that, right? Like yeah. uh, Sean from Yellow Card used to backflip while playing the violin. Like, like oh insanity. Gosh. Yeah, I know. One day, like, I'm going to actually do it, though. Like, I really want to be able to just do some insane shit on stage. And I'm not even going to tell anybody that I'm going to do it in the band. And then I'm just going to do a backflip. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> go for it, bud. Just don't break your neck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, you know what I really, like, legitimately, though? I would love to do, learn how to do one of those, like, guitar spins. That, that honestly, that that's what I feel like would fit your vibe. I was just thinking of, um, oh, fuck, I'm going to forget his name now. Ryan from Fit for a King. Go watch some of his videos. Oh my god, dude! Dude, he Just goes for fucking days on that. I've seen some of those videos too. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I'm ever going to be doing that, but people <laughs> <able> to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you know, there's there's different levels to all this, right? Like thinking back to production versus live show experience and things like that, like. Bring me the horizon, for example, you know, like they started out playing in dive bars and shit like that. They perfected to Tim's point, they perfected the like, let's get the energy and the crowd in. And now they're putting on some of the biggest production shows, too. Right. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, like they're they started out just crafting, getting people involved. And then it was. And I got be cool to throw some fire in here. Like, fuck it. Let's do that. <laughs> I know. And they have like crazy visuals too, but it's cool because they are a band who, when they were nobody's, like they were a screamo band in a metal world. And like, I've seen so many clips of them, like getting stuff thrown on them on stage, like oh, getting dude, yeah. on stage at these like elitist metal concerts. Cause they're like a screamo band and like, or they were a screamo band. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, that's super impressive. Like that's, the, those are the kind of odds that I think you, you have to be able to overcome as a live performer. Like we always try and take a horrible show as practice. You know, we had some horrible yeah. ones too. Yeah. We've had some good practice. It's super cliche, but like even in a horrible show or, or outing, whatever, like there's a lesson to be learned, right? Like you can, if you can walk away from it and go, Hey, we fucked that up. Here's what we need to not do next time because it, it you know, it happened during this breakdown or it happened when we, did this guitar change like fuck it let's not do that next time yeah uh, yeah we've had some devastating disasters on stage <laughs> yeah but it's always a learning process like it's like all right well we know just not to do that next time and so you know we just luckily nothing crazy has happened at any of like the bigger shows we've done you know um that would definitely be a little embarrassing but you know little things go wrong and it's like it's honestly usually like technical problems is like mm-hmm the bane of my existence mm-hmm. like my wireless turn off or like some weird problem with like a guitar amp or just like stuff that you don't think about and you don't necessarily know how to fix like on the fly right yeah it always happens <laughs> you yeah. can't just like sorry audience give us 15 minutes we gotta- <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have to go figure out what this is i was yeah. talking to uh felicity the other day and they were telling you know drunken stage stories and Andrew, their one of their guitarists, was telling me that you know they they've had shows where they'll start the next song in the wrong fucking tuning. Like, oh shit, I'm in drop. Like, whoops. Yeah, but I can't fix it now. Let's just run with this because I can't do anything. There was one time where our guitarist was having like a lot of technical issues with his guitar, and like I gotta give him props for this because it was like during a song, and we couldn't just 
you know, we were in the moment. So finally, he just ran off stage and then ran back on stage with the mic. And then from then on out, he was back backup vocalist, you know? <laughs> so you really do have to know how to, like, you know, be on the edge of your seat at all times, kind of. And yeah, just improvise and adapt, right? Like, something's yeah. going to go wrong. Just don't let it kill what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so as we start 2024 now kind of what's the vision for you guys obviously it's putting out new music as often as possible but what's this this game plan if you will for true north moving forward in 2024 because you've said a couple times that you're still a fairly new band but if if we're being honest you guys have been around for almost a decade now you've just been under everybody's radar so what are we doing i wouldn't say that we're i would never tell tell anyone that we're a new (laughs) But I do like we are still like a developing band. If that yeah, makes sense. for sure. We definitely had eras and we've yeah, there are people who have been there since like the beginning, you know, and there's a lot of people who are kind of like just now finding us. And I think it's kind of like just like the perfect time. Like, I think that if we started gaining more traction, like in our, I don't know, just like years ago, years we ago. maybe would have just not been ready for it. Yeah. And now we've had we've had a lot of experiences now that make me feel like we're ready for whatever gets thrown at us. Um, but I guess to get back to your question, like we are working on, this isn't like an official announcement or anything, but we are working on an album We're working on our second album. Um, and we're, you know, we're coming close to, to finishing it. So we're really excited about that. We're like, you know, we've been putting out some songs, um, and just kind of teasing it a little bit, but the plan is to, yeah, put out, put out an album uh at some point and i mean the goal is to tour this year the goal is to tour as much as we can um and we're we're working on it and i like there's a lot of people asking like when's the shows when's the tour i mean and i always have to say like we're working on it but yeah, um, right. <laughs> you know i think hopefully sooner than later we'll, we'll actually be able to to do some stuff and we really want to get out there and like meet meet people and that's like um i can't speak for all of us that that's just like one of my favorite parts is like getting to to play the songs that we worked so hard on for people and just like and and meet people in person you know yeah especially like it stinks when you want to play shows and you try to make it happen but one thing or another falls through and then unfortunately like you're not able to and that's happened to us a few times so yeah we definitely tried that we had a couple tours booked this year actually that fell through so Unfortunately, we we kind of stuck to local stuff this yeah. year, but um, yeah, we really are gonna gonna get out there this year. But it's the kind of thing where it's like we talked a lot about just kind of like getting in our van and doing like a DIY run and stuff. But I think at this point, it's just like we really want to make sure that we have a really great experience for people when they come out. And not that we're above going and playing dive bars, like we'll right. we will, but I think I think we're at a point where we can just kind of wait a little bit longer and just be patient and then have like a great experience for people. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, especially in in the day and age that we are now post pandemic, like you have to be a little bit smart about this planning too because to your point, you could just fill the van up and and the trailer whatever and just go play shows, but if only 5 people are showing up in every city like I'm not even making gas money, you know, it's not worth that. And not to say that you don't want to be performing even for five people, 
but financially it has to make sense for you to be able to, to survive. Right. right. Um, and I think <clears throat> there's a lot of artists now that I've heard that same thing from recently where like the plan is to get out and tour the kind of double-edged sword is the music industry is still rebounding so heavily from the pandemic mm-hmm. that there's so much shit going on so many tours all that like it's easy to get lost in the noise of conflicting tour dates or just not being able to get out when you want with who you want yeah and i think the pandemic also changed it too because people just aren't going out to shows as often especially not random shows especially exactly like they'll go out to see their favorite band from you know now or like previously but they they wouldn't necessarily like and there's no warp tour anymore you can't just walk right. around and discover a new act the way you could for the last two decades or three decades you know and so it it does have to make the shows we play strategic because like you said like as much as i loved making one fan in portland we can't exactly drive to portland to make a second one so right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, for you guys, what would, you know, let's say dream situation, right? For, for 2024, what does the dream tour package look like for you? Dream tour package. Like with specific bands? Yeah. Man. Like if, <laughs> either you headlining or opening, but like who, who's the four, four band bill that you want? My, my top two, this isn't necessarily like all on the same bill, but I'm going to say my top two bands that I wish that would be fucking awesome and iconic for me to tour with would be a day to remember and bring me the horizon. Mm. Yeah. I could see you fitting for opening slots, obviously no offense uh, for either. Well, yeah, those, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. What about you? Um, Let's see. I mean, definitely like both of those bands are huge bands for me. Um, it it is hard to say like i you know i have so many bands i i loved so many scene bands like from back in the day to now it's like you know like and and i got to say too like we recently toured with sleeping with sirens and they were like super nice like i would love to tour with them again honestly uh but i had to like name some new bands of course like um wow i mean yeah i don't know definitely um green day oh my gosh green day <laughs> Especially uh, with the new revision to the song. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, because I think about my favorite bands of all time, and I'm like, they don't really sound like, you know, my favorite band is Radiohead, for instance, but I could never really see us opening for Radiohead because we sound so different. And I, right. And, um, but yeah, so it's like, if I had to think of bands, like to answer your question directly, I got to say, you know, Bring Me the Horizon is a, a big one. You know, they've definitely been one of my like favorite bands. And, um, but man, I don't know. Who, who do we listen to these days? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, movements would be really cool for me. I'm a mm, big, big fan yeah. of movements. Um, that would be like pretty iconic. So let's say we're one of four. And then I don't know who's bigger between movements and a day to remember. I'm going to say movements and then a day to remember and then bring me the horizon headlines. That's my dream scenario. Yeah. I guess I'll jump on board to that train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty solid one. Um, and I think, you know, movements and a day to remember could probably swap places depending on the night in the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because like 
a day to remember obviously i think got a little more mainstream success than movements mm-hmm. but i think in the right scenes movements is going to kill a day to yeah. remember for the crowd i saw them headline recently in los angeles and it was insane Dude, they're yeah. so fucking good they were awesome yeah awesome I mean, um like smaller bands that i would love to to tour with too and like the band that opened for movements is called soft cult and they were okay super- you know, I just thought of two bands that I would love to be involved with any sort of shows, which is Under Oath for one. I have my I forget Under Oath, you know. Um, and and Paramore actually is also one of my favorite yeah. time bands for sure. Or like, you know, even, you know, rest in peace, Chester, but Lincoln Park, you know, would be like such a huge band for me to tour with. Yeah. The dream scenario. So in yeah, scenario, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's still here in in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you know it's it's funny because a lot of times in this alternative music space, you know, you mentioned being a fan of Paramore. So often, I think the misconception is that bands in this type of music space only like bands in this type of music space, and it's like, no, like I'm still a person. If something, you know. Not that you're going to be a, you know, fucking Willie Nelson fan or something, but like, if you are okay, like who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I personally have like so many musical different tastes across the entire board. Like, I don't know, maybe I could even get behind some Willie Nelson. I don't think I've really (laughs) never really tried. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, the the music space that we're in now it is really cool because there are so many kind of genre fusion tour packages out now too where like you don't have to sound exactly like the other bands there's there's so much openness and and willingness for fans to um kind of absorb what's out there Mm. the catch-22 is still though that and i've been preaching this as long as i've been going to shows like fucking i don't care if your favorite band is the headliner like go see the goddamn opener, like mm. quit shitting on these people that are still cutting their teeth and, and trying to make it like you might discover the next band that you fall in love with because they opened and played a 30 yeah. minute set. And sometimes the opener is even better than the headliner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely been, I've definitely like fallen in love with bands just by like, I maybe wasn't super into them before. And then I saw them live and I was like, they just like kind of changed my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it is super important, super important to try to catch the opener. And I'm not just saying that because we're the opener. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, yeah. but but it's true. Like, I mean, <clears throat> I remember the very first time I heard the Wonder Years, I didn't get into them. And then I went and saw them literally in the basement of a fucking church opening for Bayside. And I'm like, wow, this is the coolest fucking band I've ever seen. That's a crazy like, show. Yeah, th- it was fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah, but that was also like 2003, 2004, some shit yeah. like that. Like that's when every ago was in a basement a church, of a basement. church. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The good old days. <laughs> I do kind of miss it sometimes, you know. Like the the thing is, as cliche as it sounds, you know, like I think it was Tim mentioned earlier. Like you just want fans to come out and and feel like nothing else in the world matters at that moment. Like whatever the shitty situation that's going on at home or at work or whatever. And like, I think the alternative music scene is so powerful in that. Cause like it is not only a place where you get to just enjoy music that you love and maybe relate to, like 
there's a special kind of energy at these shows where you can just let out whatever's yeah. up and just it really is and i like i remember feeling that energy like as a teenager like going to shows and that's like part of what made me want to do this in the first place was like seeing you know my like idols on stage and you're just like oh my god like this is the coolest thing ever yeah like um, and and they're like core memories like like those concerts i went to are truly like core memories like when i saw architects it like solidified their placement as one of my like favorite bands and it was a like life-changing show a show it's like yeah it's literally just a concert but it's like when you're that age and you're that passionate about music you know it's all the difference yeah between they're another one that would be good mashup for you guys I know. As, I know. as tours as i said it i was like <laughs> who i also would love to tour with yeah <laughs> and that'd be really cool <laughs> awesome uh, so as we kind of transition to the end here, I, I refuse to sit and think of better questions. So I bought this game called Hot Takes. It's just shitty opinions. We're going <laughs> to disagree, yeah. agree, whatever. I love um, it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So Good. first one I got for you guys is seeing movies in the theater is better than watching them at home. Um, I'll say like my hot take is, of course, theaters for me win. But I would say that watching a movie, you know, bundled up, maybe bundled up with a a close one, mm-hmm. you know, like that can your be just homie. as yeah, bundled up with <laughs> your homie, you know, like that's a great experience, you know. Maybe you're having some hot chocolate, like true. You can do that at the movie theater, though. True, yeah. You could always bundle with your homie and some hot of chocolate. them, yeah. Have you guys ever been to those movie theaters where you can like order food and drink yeah. seats? That's yeah. my that's the best place to watch with the reclining seats that, yeah. see that's fair if we're talking you- like just a, a regular ass movie theater fuck it like it's too expensive to go sit in those chairs and buy that popcorn like i'll watch it at home depends if on we're the, doing the that's fair too like movies that i'm like okay i do want to see this in theaters yeah yeah of course yeah the sci-fi yeah. movies with a good sound you got to go to the movies <laughs> for sure <laughs> uh let's see let's shuffle again here uh, some celebrities are more influential than presidents. I think that's especially true nowadays. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess it depends what you like. I guess right. So it depends on what the influential thing is too, though. But like, Joe Biden is not gonna to get as many people as Taylor Swift is listening to what right. he has to say. You know. Here's what I'll say: If a celebrity tells you that you should do something versus the president telling you that you should do something, like I would say, nine out of ten people are probably going to care about whether or not they listen to one more or the other. They're they're definitely going to care about the celebrity's opinion. That's that's my that's my gut. I I would agree with that probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's go with. Let's switch decks here. Let's go with, um, I don't think this is a, a hot take, but everyone should go to therapy at some point in their lives. Mm. I don't I don't know if that's a hot take either. And as somebody who's never been to therapy, I still agree with that. Yeah. I think that I always think about like, man, maybe I should one day, even though I don't like actively feel every day, like I really like need somebody's help. I'm like, I think it's just good to have somebody who's not like, who you don't know at all and who's a professional to just like talk mm-hmm. about things in your life, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I've also, I haven't ever been to therapy or counseling, but sometimes I imagine like an imaginary session and I'm like, man, right. I feel like I could probably be productive in one way or another. <laughs> at the very least, like make me more self-aware. Yeah. Like 
this year. Maybe this year I'll go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I mean, honestly, that's that's one of those things. So I'm 38 years old. I just I did um my first therapy session was a little over a year ago. And you know, to your point, like even I think even if you don't feel like you need therapy, going and talking to a third party and just getting some of that stuff out there um is going to be helpful because they can give you these these questions or these tools to like evaluate things and then maybe the next time you're frustrated with a coworker or whatever you can just be like okay mm-hmm. cool like how do i really feel about this what's this doing to me yeah yeah and and i feel like it's it's actually an important subject you know like like while we're on it i feel like it's cliche as it is to say like mental health is underrated and I, I think anything to do with like the normalization of talking, especially like we're all guys here, like right. anything to do with the normalization of like guys opening up is a good thing in my opinion. So yeah, if you're yeah. a guy and you're listening to this, open up more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's, it is, it's crazy. And I won't spout off the stats cause I don't have them handy right now, but um, you know, traditionally men are more susceptible to uh, committing suicide and things like that because we don't have these conversations. And I think it's, it's a really unfair place that society has put, uh, you know, a lot of men because of masculinity and um, the, you know, man up situations. And it's like, okay, cool, but I'm still just a human being. I, I still have fucking problems. Like, yeah, let me talk. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one. I think this is a, kind of a no brainer as well, but you can learn to be more creative. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think that like some people maybe are more inherently creative than others or just more natural. But I think like speak like I can speak for myself when I say I wasn't uh, I've definitely developed my creativity. And in fact, now that I'm thinking about it more, I feel like the the younger I was, the more creative I was because I hadn't Mm -hmm. been exposed to so many things yet just in life in general and also to so much music you know you're like a little bit more of an open book so I think I think everyone can be creative and it doesn't have to be necessarily art like it doesn't have to be like a visual art or like music or anything like that like there's creativity creativity in everything a little bit yeah like problem solving like everyone problem solves and I think there's creativity (sighs) and I guess to answer your question can you learn to be creative I think yes I think you can practice that and I also feel like creativity is just exploration like I think if if you're like someone who wants to learn to be more creative I feel like that has to do with having more fun while being creative you know like yeah and and I'll, I'll use music just as the specific example it's like you know it's one thing to try and learn to be more creative but then maybe you're putting yourself in a box like oh my this needs to be different this needs to be more less generic and more musical and less of these same chords and more and that's not necessarily being more creative i would say being more creative is kind of being more fluid with engaging into like i'm just exploring here there's no pressure yeah that sort of a a feeling just edit later yeah (laughs) right to ask yourself like as you go yeah 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 yeah. well I, i think you know staying on the music one it's like Potentially, you know, if you're a really good piano player, right, you could learn to play Beethoven, Mozart, whatever, and maybe you're technically really, really sound. 
But if you're not playing it with emotion, then I'm not sure that you're being creative with how you right. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. With and that. it makes me grateful that I have developed the skill of being able to, for instance, emote through music. Like that's still like the my favorite thing to do is just play music while I'm feeling things and just let myself feel things. And especially with guitar, you know, most of the time, like I play guitar alone. It's kind of like that. It's just like, you know, I'm just kind of emoting through the guitar. And I I'm grateful that I know how to do that because I wouldn't be able to if I like went the traditional method and and just you know read music and copied other i mean i don't know like i don't want to like if you did that you no start, we're not yeah we're like, not shitting on anybody that does that but yeah <laughs> like you and you have the opportunity to still like be creative and, and i'm sure you know most people probably are but i loved coming at it from the other direction you know the back door if you will yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah absolutely um so kind of the way that i end every episode i don't remember if this is how i ended it three years ago with you guys but uh, it's basically the open door, right? Promote everything that you guys have going on. I'll obviously link all the socials and stuff, but best way for people to interact with you, like what's, you know, what's on the horizon that they need to watch for things like that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to drop a music video, um, in like a week or two, uh, for the most recent song we just put out for still enough. Um, and then after that, we are going to put out another song a single which we haven't really like announced anything about yet but we will start um teasing that relatively soon um and eventually it will be a group of songs all in one um you know so i mean it's kind of a funny time to be like doing this podcast because i feel like there's a lot of things actually that we just can't really like announce yet you know or like necessarily like speculate too much about but we are going to be putting out a lot of music this year and we are going to be playing as many shows as we can. So the best way to like hear about that is from our Instagram or from our TikTok, which is it's true North. Yep. Both it's true North. Awesome. I'm digging what you guys are doing again. Thank you guys so much for, for linking up again. Um, I thank think you so much for taking the time. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, like I said, kind of there at the beginning, to see where you guys were three and a half years ago to now, it, it's a new band. It's something that it, it's the evolution of a band that's really discovering themselves. And I think you're growing into this, this scene in a really, really organic way that is also allowing you the creativity that we were just talking about to like explore, okay, what if we go a little deeper? What if we broaden these things and not have to worry about are we going to lose people because we've only been this one band for so long yeah Yeah. no that's i think that's super important and it's like yeah we've only been that one band for so long but also it's only gotten us so far so like what do you have to lose by just like trying other stuff yeah yeah um but yeah anyways thank you so much for taking the time to to have us on your show i really yeah absolutely guys like I said, I'm stoked for you. Hopefully, uh, when the tours do get announced, Midwest is in there because I'll definitely be out and I'll, you know, do photos for you and all that shit. So where are you based? Uh, Indiana. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. about an hour north of Indianapolis. So if you get to basically Indianapolis, Chicago, Cincinnati, Louisville, or uh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, or Cleveland and Columbus are a little bit further, but anywhere yeah. in that like four state area. I can probably be there. Brad, that'd be super awesome. I'd love to meet you in person. 
Yeah, yeah. same. Absolutely. Sweet, guys. I'll keep you posted. This will be going live, I think, uh, next Wednesday, like the 10th. So, cool. Great. Right on. Cool. We'll be looking out for it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much again for taking the time. Yeah, absolutely. And that was my conversation with Tim and Joel of the band True North. Uh, Highly recommend you guys go check them out. Huge shout out to them for having that conversation with me. Um, Just really cool to see them and talk to them after three and a half years of, of time has passed. You know, we talked, like I said at the beginning, back in July of 2020... Uh, And here we are three and a half years later, still, you know, on their shit, you know, they're, they're grinding, they're evolving the sound, they're producing, honestly, what I think is some of their best music to date. And it's just really cool to see that, you know, they've been building and building and building and are starting to get the recognition that they deserve. Definitely want you guys to go check them out. Give them a like, share, subscribe, follow. As always, I'll have links to all their socials in the description of this podcast. Um, And yeah, just give them some love. Let them know that you heard the podcast and things like that. Um, Really, really stoked for these guys and really hope that some doors are, you know, not just opened, but kicked open for them um, because they definitely are on a path and really deserve a shot with all the hard work that they've put in uh other than that guys that is everything for this episode i do have some new merch items up in the shop so please go check those out uh it'd be really cool if you bought some shit (laughs) um other than that though tons of guests that i'm working on getting lined up um some requests that are out there just waiting to hear back from things like that if there's ever a band or an artist that you want me to talk to drop a a dm on instagram or like leave a comment reply to a story whatever it is um and we can definitely try to get them on um Always looking for new artists, established artists that you just want to hear a conversation with, whatever. And uh, we'll see what we can do. Also, please go check out Musicians for Mental Health, which is the other podcast that we run. Um, Some really awesome conversations have been going up over there. Working on getting some more set up for that as well. Um, Have a couple in mind that are going to be... I think pretty cool and pretty fun for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, if you could give me a like, share, subscribe, and follow all those things definitely help the algorithm. They help me when I'm pitching, um, my requests and things like that, because then I have numbers to show them as far as, you know, podcast growth or reach and things like that. So please help me out so that I can bring you the artists that you want to hear. Um, that's it guys. That's everything for this episode. As always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.